0: Hey, how you doing? Hi, my name's John Salarico, and I approve this message.
1: <laughs> I've been hearing a lot of that lately. Hey. Yeah, for those of you not in our country, it's election season for the one or two that aren't in our country. So we're seeing a lot of attack ads, and they're always, there's always that little voiceover at the end with the person for whom the ad was saying, Hi, my name is so-and-so, and I've approved this message. I think it's a law that they have to say that now.
0: It probably is, mm-hmm. yeah. And after this election season, I think we all need to take a collective shower. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, certainly over the last 20 or 30 years. Yep. I wonder what elections are like in other places. Lots Aust- of
0: shooting, well,
1: bloodletting. <laughs> some countries, but like, we have a listener from Australia. I wonder what elections are like there. Do they run a lot of those attack ads down there, Martin? You know, I'm sure they do. I just mean, it's slamming a human everybody. Thing. Well, I don't know. Let's find out. We can skeep him and get him on the show. him. Actually, I did ask him if he wanted to skeep um, on the show, and I, I, I don't think he was too interested in it. I think he said something like, I'm I'm not as quick as you guys or something. So
0: you've just outed him, and now you've, you've, <laughs> you're you threatening him now.
1: I wouldn't do that. I just don't think he—I think he's shy. He's Mike's shy. Well, most people are shy. A little bit of the shy, shy, shy. So you know what next week is? It's what? Well, you know what, though? Just what? really quickly, the World Series is over.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. St. Louis Cardinals, or as Alex, my son, likes to say, the Red Birdie team, they won.
1: I love their uniform, though the bird on the stick. It's very classic. You know, they're one of the early teams. It's great. I must say, though, they they beat the Mets, but they didn't really outplay the Mets. I mean, they the Mets had the bases loaded with two outs, bottom of the ninth. Carlos Beltran's up, and he looks at strike three. Okay, fine. At least swing. If you struck out, I wouldn't be as angry. You know, you got to take a cut at that, a hack at that pitch. LaDuca did the same thing, yeah. Yeah,
0: just bad. Well, and Detroit didn't necessarily beat the Yankees either. The Yankees imploded. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it was a, well, but the Detroit had some strong pitching against the Yankees too. They did, and they cheated. <laughs> yeah, they did. I I forgot about the cheating part, but but I, I think the Mets played St. Louis pretty heads up. And in fact, if that was the '86 team with like Lenny Dykstra and all those guys, they were able mm-hmm. to manufacture runs. That w- they would have gotten a hit there, and they would have won the game. Well, that, I, that team was just unbeatable they won 108 games in the regular season it was ridiculous
0: well i think that this year the the st louis cardinals they have they were the the how do i say this they were the world's worst world series team because yeah. they yeah. had the worst record in baseball not not necessarily in baseball right but yeah, they had I'll the think. worst record in baseball of the teams that have ever won the world series i think they had they were 13th yeah in, in I, all of baseball
1: if If Pujols, if Albert Pudgels had been a little bit more effective, for example, against the Mets, you Mm -hmm. know, and he had hit some home runs and they had trounced us, I wouldn't feel so bad. But the Mets, I think, played him pretty straight up. You know, considering the Mets had no pitching, <laughs> two of their top three starters went down. So I really can't complain. I thought the Mets did great, considering they did spectacular, considering their pitching woes. So
0: we'll get them next year. They just got to go out there and do what the Yankees do and buy some pitching. You know, and they will. And and the Cubs are going to do that too. I think they picked up Lou Pinella as the new manager. He's al of a pitcher. <laughs> no, he's not necessarily a pitcher, but he can motivate dirt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he motivates
0: dirt right into the umpire's face. He was the guy. He does do a little bit of that in the Billy Martin mold. He uh, he's the guy guy who
1: you think the crowd is booing when he's out there but That's he's, right, he's the guy who started that you know they go loo and
0: you, you yeah. think they're booing they used to do that with mookie wilson
1: mookie
0: speaking of billy martin there's going to be a, a dead, television show or guy. a movie dead about he's the dead. yankees of the 70s and you know who's playing billy martin in this movie i don't john Turturro. <laughs> <laughs> i could see that <laughs> Isn't <actually. it> funny <laughs> yeah he's going to be great too explosive guy what well, so, yeah, was i going to talk about what's next week you know next uh, Hall, All what, Hallows' no, Eve
1: All Hallows' Eve yeah, In fact, I'm going to a party tonight Today is what? Today is Saturday the 28th And I've got a, a friend of mine um, Is director of a charitable organization And they're having their charity fundraiser tonight And I am going to that party at 8pm Be there And who are you going to go with? I'm, I am dre- uh, dressed as a famous literary character By Sir Arthur Conan Doyle Tarzan? <laughs> How'd you know? No, I'm going to be Jane, actually <laughs> Okay no, I am I
0: am Cheetah. Sir Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> you know who I'm going to a, a work Halloween day as? Um Um I may have told you this blue Penella. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm just gonna kick dirt in everyone's face all day long. No, I'm going as Teddy KGB. <laughs> <laughs> From that movie, the, the, the gambling movie. That's right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear a, a track suit, <laughs> and I'm going to have a tray of Oreos with me at all times. Well, I can't
1: remember the... the well, rounders. Rounders. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to say clockers, but that's a totally different film. I'm going
0: to be a, a Russian mobster. You know, no offense Poker to any Russian player. mobster listeners out there. But.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about the mobsters, but we'll talk about The Sopranos another time since I actually started watching it. So wait a minute. I, I was thinking at work the other day about Sanford and Son. Yeah, it was a great show from the 70s and a lot of our listeners probably don't remember it and a lot of them or probably don't never care heard of to it. remember. Them. Yeah. Uh Red Fox starred as a garbage man with his son living in um a poor part of LA, South Central or whatever that in is, in a junkyard. Yeah, his yard was a junkyard and and it was a sitcom and, and the hijinks ensued. But I was wondering out loud what it would be like if Fred Sanford had a podcast. <laughs>
0: Because at the be very not unlike our podcast.
1: Because at the very least, he'd get to say my name is Fred G Sanford. The G is for Garage Band. I mean, he could, you know, he could say something like that. <laughs> oh you know? man, that's awful. <laughs> I know it's that's really bad. But I thought of that. Oh,
0: uh, and you saved it for me. And, me. Yeah, and he
1: could say something like Elizabeth. It's Elizabeth, the big one. It's the big one, Elizabeth. Anyway. Red
0: Fox, He's he's
1: dead. Was that like the first show, like Seinfeld, where they took a comedian, a guy who was doing stand up, mm-hmm. and they put him in a sitcom? I no, mean I'm trying it, it's to it's not
0: the first one. I mean remember um Chico and the Man? Chico and the Man came a few
1: years later though, I think. I think it debuted a season or two later with you think? um
0: I think with... it was around the same time.
1: It was. It was a late seventies thing, but I think the Sanford Sun started in like seventy four, and I don't think Chico and the Man did.
2: That was Freddie, Freddie Prinze. Prince. Yeah. yeah.
1: Father of Freddie Prince Jr. And Jack Albertson, uh one of our favorites from uh um Charlie and Charlie to Talk? Yeah. That's right. Uncle ago.
0: Joe. Yep. So that's it. Nothing else to say in this intro here. We don't. Oh, actually, what do you uh, have to say?
1: I, I don't know. Um, I was going to talk about Floyd Landis. His ah, there, there's some new stuff online. You know, they put the case it's online. It's a good thing I'm drinking right and now. <laughs> he, he does have a case, but now they've got a, a video presentation with his doctor, you know, explaining the slides. So there's like some Showing, AVI files and online. And here is
0: Floyd Landis's third testicle. <laughs> oh man, we have that's proof. just wrong. Well, that's that's where it's coming from. <laughs> what do you got? We've got tunes. Listen up. All right, check it out. Cool, nice
1: track. Who was that? You tell me. Uh, we played them like three times, thrice. We've played them thrice. Eye level, thrice. Uh, no, yeah, eye level. I Local level. band, jazz band out of Syracuse. Really great guys. Some really slamming players in that band. What was that one called? I think the vast majority of that song was called "Vast Majority." It, it if not more. Speaking of Halloween costumes, <laughs> <laughs> which we weren't, but you were talking about Teddy KGB. I went to a Halloween party a couple of years ago with. Uh, I think I was Sherlock Holmes that day too. <laughs> Well, you know, you got to get the the
0: workout with that uh, costume.
1: Well, I spent a lot of money on this costume. I actually went on the internet and I found the Inverness coat, which is kind of his coat. It's sort of an overcoat with a cape built onto it. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend of mine who studied fashion design at school, and she's a seamstress and a fashion designer. She built it for me, so she charged me. She sewed it for me, and then I went on the internet and I bought private a real fittings. It, well. I did have private fittings actually. She she did the tape measure thing and she did the whole nine yards. It was it was really cool. Did and, you have to
0: actually get a nemesis for that uh, for that costume?
1: You mean, do I need a Moriarty? Yeah. I would love to have a Watson and a Moriarty, but I couldn't really talk anybody into it. No, but I went online, right? I'm an idiot, right? Two years ago, when I'm putting this costume together, and I bought a real Meerschaum saxophone pipe, like eighty dollars, you know, like an idiot. You got this the costume. ivory
0: one, and a contraband.
1: <laughs> and and then I wanted to find a cool magnifying glass, so I went out and I found a replica 19th century drawing room, reading room magnifying glass. It's mahogany handled, brass bound glass, so it's it looks like something Holmes would have had. And so I, when you're not Sherlock Holmes, you're burning ants. <laughs> Sometimes, and I bought the hat, which is called the Deer Stalker. I bought that at a, a hat shop in Georgetown like 15 years ago. So I've had Deer Stalker forever. I think
0: it's the orange hat with the f- ear flaps.
1: Yeah, but the Holmes one. You know, the Holmes one has the ear flaps, and they're tied up in a, with a little bow. Yeah, but, but I it's, could,
0: it's orange, so when you're stalking n- no, deer. No,
1: it's really not, but oh, it's it's tartan. Different one. It's plaid or whatever that pattern it's is called. Tar-tar. But no, I'm, I'm at this Halloween party at uh, this club. I can't remember the name of it right now, and it's a pretty ripping party. There's a good band, and there's lots of people there. It was a lot like LaBop, actually. And there's this guy walking around with a mustache, a tool belt, jeans, and a T-shirt, and he's got cigarettes rolled up under the sleeve, and I'm like, geez, I know who that is what who is he who is he and like an hour later he walked by and i finally went schneider he was schneider from one day at a time
0: and it was the best costume there did he have like the hair slicked back too yeah totally he was schneider it was awesome that's pretty obscure well like yours i thought teddy kgb was obscure i think more people would get schneider (laughs) i think more people would yeah i don't think anyone at my office is going to get teddy kgb but that doesn't matter i'm still going to have a tray of oreos (laughs) so anyway what do we got? Oh, yeah. You know, we were talking a little bit about the... Sebastiani? The, uh, well, yeah, we have the Sebastiani wine. We had this before. This is a, an 03 Sebastiani cab. This is our second 03. Yeah, it's good stuff. And we've had the uh, 02 as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we were talking a little bit about the whole political scum business with the... Uh, <laughs> well,
1: you actually use the word scum.
0: Well, they are like rebel scum. I mean, they're... <laughs> Die, they're you rebel scum. I am so sick and tired we're We're inundated. If you're not living in the u s right now, you have no idea what kind of inundation we're we're experiencing with these political ads
1: inundationism,
0: yeah, I mean everything on the radio, everything on the t v is all about political ads and and you know what it's not just the political ads. people are talking about the political ads. You watch the news and they're talking about the political ads. Why because it's getting really nasty. It's getting really, really really, really nasty. They're, they're pulling out everything from everyone's personal lives, and I'm just sick and tired of it. And the culmination of it was the whole Rush Limbaugh incident. Remember that? Well, you heard about that. I heard about it. I was a little bit
1: shocked because I saw Michael uh, Michael J. Fox. Yep, Michael J. Fox. I saw him in on CBS or something doing a little one-on-one interview. Right. But I hadn't heard about it.
0: You um, had yeah. that. That was my introduction to the scandal. Well, I'll tell you a little story, and I told you this on email. So I'm working from home. Um, as I want to do occasionally. And uh, when I'm at home and I'm alone and I'm in front of the computer for 8, 12, 40 hours a day. Home alone? Home alone.
1: Suddenly, like, Joe Pesci and that dude walk in. You're like Macaulay Culkin. What's his name?
0: Daniel Stern, I think. Daniel Stern. I
1: couldn't remember his name.
0: So anyways, I'm working from home. I like to listen to the radio as I'm working. And, um, you know, call me an idiot. But occasionally, I'll even even listen to Rush Limbaugh because Ah. I just want to know what's going on. I like to know what's going on. And I don't really think you're gonna get that from him. But I, well, you know what? I like to know what's being said all over the place, and I, I hate to admit this. He's entertaining sometimes. Well, he is entertaining. He yeah. did. He knows how to do a radio show. He's a good radio guy. So I'm listening to him, and he said one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard. I'm listening to this live. If if you know about the Michael J. Fox incident, I I listened to it live as he was doing this. He's he's talking about Michael J. Fox in a political ad in Missouri, where where he's um. He's promoting stem cell research because he has Parkinson's disease and it's it's progressing and he believes that stem cell research needs to be advanced and And uh, one candidate supports it and the other does not support fetal stem cell research. So he's, he's endorsing a candidate. And that's it. That's the end of the story with Michael J. Fox. But Rush Limbaugh is saying about this ad where... Michael J. Fox is acting up his disease where he's, he's... Playing it up. Yeah, he's playing it up and he's gesticulating. Pity, pity me, you know. Well, and it's not even that. He's mocking him. He's like, oh, he's waving his arms and he's jerking around and everything. And, and this is a guy with Parkinson's disease. And there's just... To me, it's it's unfortunate where you can't just disagree with someone's position, you know, on stem cell research. I, for one, disagree that, about fetal stem cell research. But in no way does that give you the justification for mocking a person who's suffering from a disease what you disagree what i disagree i disagree that that fetal stem cells should be used for research oh why because of the whole fact that they're coming from fetuses and they're being destroyed yeah but they're not doing it they're not aborting fetuses just to get the stem cells this is a whole other show and it's gonna last 17 hours (laughs) rich I'm talking about something else here. What I'm saying is I disagree with that, you know, and I'm not going to mock Michael J. Fox because I, I, I truly feel for the guy because he's suffering from this disease. And I think that we should do whatever we can, barring, you know, making another wrong, which is, in my opinion, feel stem cell research, to to fix this. But Rush Limbaugh is just going way off the hook, as they say, off the heezy on this, where he's he's just mocking a human being just for entertainment's sake. And I think that's
1: awful. Well, Rush Limbaugh is just a jerk. Well, yeah, that's (laughs) part of it. That's just what it boils down to. But, you know, when he was talking, I saw Michael J. J. Fox's uh, sort of his retort to this on whatever this interview show was. And I don't have a problem with fetal stem cell research, by the way. John's the evil one here. (laughs) And Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. And where'd that come from? And Michael J. Fox was talking about... Some of the – they put him on the spot, like, do you support any Republican candidates? They tried to make this a partisan Mm -hmm. issue. And he said basically his main point is that disease research is totally nonpartisan. But he did happen to mention a few Republican candidates that he does support who happen to support stem cell research. Uh, What's his name from Pennsylvania? I can't think of his name right now. Senator – he's the guy who actually came up with the magic bullet theory for JFK. Arlen Specter. Yeah, Specter. He's cool with stem cell research. But stem cell research – they're making such a, a big deal about this and it's like very recently some legis- legislation came down where they're allowing cloned animals to make it into the food chain now you know they're going to allow them to be used for you know the meat industry and things like that every grain every cereal in the cereal aisle is made with genetically modified grains Nobody's screaming about this. I mean, isn't that disturbing God's, I'm doing this in quotes because I'm not a God believer, but isn't that messing with God's plan too? But because corporations are making huge amounts of money off of it, nobody seems to be you know, really screaming about genetically modified foods, at least not in US. In Europe, you're hearing it a little more. But here they're making such a big deal about this stem cell research thing.
0: Well, I don't necessarily think that the argument about stem cell research is that it's messing with God's thing. I think that the stem cell research thing no, is, I, is I, messing I, with humans.
1: I. Right, but cloning, it, you know, the kind of technology they're developing is eventually they're going to be doing some evil things to the human genome eventually.
0: Yeah, and I, and I don't think that that's cool either. So, and, and I don't necessarily think that genetically modified foods are, are the right way to go either. So it's not like you're a Republican or you're a conservative or you're Christian and you believe all of these things that most of these people on the, the right side of the aisle believe
1: well no but it's because those things have become partisan you know yeah, if, if which you're, is unfortunate yeah. right yeah it's it's ridiculous in fact it's it's beyond unfortunate
0: but but the thing that disgusted me and I got really upset this past week listening to all of these ads and all the garbage being slung around spewed spewed is, is an actual term here that, that should be used because it is literally like you're getting hit with a fire hose of refuse coming from the television and the radio <laughs> a, a
1: fire hose a fire hose of of sputum <laughs> Well, no what's the word i want a fire hose of vomit <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, it just reminds me of the Princess Bride. Bow down to her, the Queen of Refuse, the Queen of Putrescence. Putrescence. That's, that's
0: the word I want. That's exactly it. And and I'm thinking to myself, you know, if a human being sits down and really tries to decide who they're going to vote for, they have no information. Zero. Not one bit of information in any of these commercials. Not even a scotch. No, not even a, a pinch. <laughs> not even a an iota. No, there's not one molecule of of positive information in this. And I'm thinking to myself, self, I'm going to the polls soon because I'm not like Rich the Slacker here who's not going to vote. I do want to vote. Actually, I will be voting. I will be
1: voting along the Green Party. Okay, good. But. I don't think it's doing any good,
0: but I will pull the but, lever. You know, pull my lever. It's making, all right, Beavis, it's making you feel better because you're you're exercising your rights. Well, I'm exercising. It's the walk from the car yeah. to the polls, actually. <laughs> and that lever is kind of tough to it's pull. It's weighted.
1: It's weighted. You know, it's.
0: Yeah, they should do that, the, the voting workout where you have to pull the lever 400 times. You have to do reps in order to get your vote in. Well, the Republicans <laughs> actually did that in the last election, if I'm not mistaken.
2: <laughs> Electronically. And they all counted.
0: <laughs> so anyways, I'm thinking, you know, I want to go to the polls and I want to have some information. And there's just no way for me to find out this information. I could go to websites, I can go to the newspaper, and unfortunately, it, most of it's opinion. And what I would really want to do, and I'm thinking to myself driving on, to work on, on the way uh, down the highway, I'm thinking... If I could just grab one of these guys by the lapels and shake him and force him to answer these questions directly, these things that are on my mind, that would be perfect. And I'm, I'm- You would actually
1: sit well on the the House floor as well because there used to be a rep from California named Bob Dornan. He actually did grab somebody by the lapels on the House floor once.
0: Good for him. You know,
1: well, he was a Republican. He's out of his mind. You know what he said he was doing later when the media asked him what he was doing? Straightening He's, his yes, tie. Yes, he said, I was
0: straightening his tie. That's exactly what he said. He thinks quickly on his feet. I'm sure someone fed him the line, too. Yes, I was straightening his tie, and, and um, I was straightening his juggler van, <laughs> jugular With a garrote. <laughs> that's right. Straightening his breathing. So, yeah, I, that's the thing that I'm thinking, is there's got to be a way for people to get this information, you know, because nobody's got time to be researching these political figures. Nobody's got time to be looking at their voting records. There, there's got to be some other way. And we have all this technology, and we've got to get these people connected to the constituents. Because right now... They're not. What they're doing is they're blasting us and hoping that we're going to hate the other guy more than them. And that's it. hmm So, I've got a wonderful idea, and I'm wondering if I should even just blurt it out. Should well, I blurt?
1: You were talking about the blurtage before, and yeah. I s- suggested that you might not want to blurt because I thought it was a good idea.
0: Well, all right. Well, I'm, I'm not going to blurt it out, but I'm thinking that maybe we'll discuss this more later because, you know, I don't want this show to be 45 minutes too long.
1: Well, I mean, is this an idea you want to go public with? Well, I want to or, go public. do you want to develop this and then we can sell it to somebody?
0: Well, <laughs> that's the American way. Come up yeah, with something baby. good and useful for everyone and, and instead of giving it away and, and putting it in, in the people's hands, you sell it <laughs> and cash out. Yeah. And come up I with want a to really, vote too. <laughs> come up with a really good dom- domain name like voterdie.com or something like that. <laughs> death to the candidates.org. But I'm I am thinking technology getting the candidates to actually communicate with their constituents, have the constituents thoughts and, and questions in front of the candidates in some way, put these people together and and force them to answer the, the tough questions and not squirm out of it and give you double speak. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll talk more.
1: We'll develop that idea. Yeah. Okay. We'll develop that concept. But in the we're meantime- We're going to run with it. We're
0: going to roll with it. We're going to listen to some tunes. Roll
1: with it, baby. Not that
0: tune. We're not listening no. to that tune because we're going to get sued, right? We would. Well, we might. Especially for that portrayal of the song. (laughs) We should be sued for that. (laughs) You know what, though? I'm so thrilled
1: with the amount of independent music that's out there. I say screw the major labels. I mean, we just simply do not need them.
0: Maybe I can come up with an idea to sell to them.
1: Sell what to them? I don't know. I just want
0: to make money off of them. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. We'll sell. What we'll do is we'll say all the music we've played today, none of which is pod safe, by the way, and all of it we were giving explicit permission from the That's artists right. to play. And as I mentioned on previous shows, probably over ninety percent of the music we play, so at least that we have played, is not pod safe.
0: Well, and we've got that notice on the site as well. We are we are given rights to play it. It's not pod safe. Yeah. So you can't really cut and paste it into your
1: podcast, but you can contact the artist.
0: And ask permission yourself. Yeah, and someone has suggested having us do the Bloodthirsty CD of all of our selections. I don't know who would buy it, but... Did they? I think someone did. That's actually an interesting idea, because those things actually are marketable. I think someone out west said that. Arizona? I think someone who's close to the the gray-skinned beasts who visit us on occasion and do some probing... (laughs) Carmen got the rectal probe. Who? <laughs> Carmen. I don't know. I never oh, saw Cartman. that one. But somebody told me about that. But we got another tune, and this one's not pod safe.
1: Um, Let's check it out.
2: The sunset lures the storm above to the bottom of the glass. In the dark Circle around Cape Hatteras I felt that it might be too late Cause you can't catch me when I'm running But you might touch me if you will Sometimes had to cheat life. I kissed the Sistine Chapel, and I found that it ain't. you baby no place ever felt like home
0: That was a lot of fun.
1: Okay. All right. I like then. the trombone in that.
0: That <laughs> the was really cool. trombone.
1: Yeah, really cool. That was John Hudson, Feels Like Home, friend of mine, used to work at a recording studio with him, and uh, once again, not pod safe. <laughs> yeah, we featured him before. <laughs> we featured him before that, in a way, and only some of you got to hear it. <laughs> I don't remember that. Well, we played a song that we thought was his. Oh, yeah. Because I right. had a, I had a rip, a, a burn of this CD that he had given me and I didn't have all the songwriting credits. And, uh, it turns out that that song was written by somebody else. So we actually had to take it off the CD. And I'm not. So we actually had to remove a song. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't hear anything. I don't, I, I'm not claiming, uh, I know nothing for, for anything. Nothing. Yeah. So I, I, t- I, I fact- edited the song out and made it real clean. And re-uploaded the MP3 to our our hosting provider. You're you're,
0: you're claiming responsibility for something I know nothing of. Your ways are strange to me. I'm not even here. In fact, Rich records my voice in advance and sort of cuts it in. Um, I'm responsible for nothing. John's a robot. Yes. So anyway. I am. I am the wave of the future. (laughs) The wave of the future. (laughs) Absolutely. I am the wave of the future. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The wave of the future? I don't. You don't? No. Next item up for bids. What Go ahead, were, what were run we, with it. What were we going to talk Roll about? We we're going to talk about some films. I yeah. think we actually saw the same film for once or twice. This was sort of like homework, but I don't think we told them about it. No, it's a film that I've been meaning to see for a long time. It's It's been out for a while. It's on video now. It's called The Aviator, Martin Scorsese. The Aviator, Yeah. about Howard Hughes. Hess. Yes, he's the wave of the future. Don't you remember when he had one of those spasms and he just couldn't stop saying the same thing over and over and over again? Yeah. yeah it was I the do. wave of the future. And I think that was the thing that sort of stuck in my mind the most, mm-hmm. strangely enough. I think that this is, um, well, I enjoyed the film. I didn't think it was a masterpiece. I think more of Scorsese's films are a little bit better. Uh, you know, the one with De Niro. Wait, which one with De Niro? (laughs) All of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Taxi driver is still my favorite. Uh, Mean Streets? Mean Streets, yeah. Well, it's looking like DiCaprio is becoming his His new. His his new De Niro, Niro. yeah. Yeah. He's in a lot of stuff. He's in his new film too, which I, dreadfully want to see
1: yeah i want to see that too uh, nicholson
0: nicholson's in it yeah yeah
1: i think that's the first time scorsese's directed nicholson
0: and martin sheen's in it
1: too yeah he's always good
0: and uh matt damon he's always good speaking so, of speaking of teddy kgb that's right so i i think and, and it's gotten rave reviews and how could any of his films not but yeah the, the aviator kundun. <laughs> kundun not a not a big fan no <laughs> I didn't see Actually, that. Actually,
1: Scorsese appeared in the, uh, in, uh, The Sopranos. He, they were they, outside he, of a club and he did a little cameo going into the club and like it was the young guy. Christopher was like,
0: Oh, I love your films. Even Kundun, he said. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. He's a film buff. Well, yeah. So we saw this. We both saw this different times, not together. And, and I enjoyed it, but I think that, uh, DiCaprio's portrayal of of howard hughes was a little bit surprising to me i didn't realize he was so young when all these things were happening and maybe it was just because dicaprio looks like he's 12 years old well he
1: was young in the beginning of the film when he was doing hell's angels that right. film i mean he was like 20 he was or 19 even he was he was literally you know a, a late teenager when he was doing that film that he needed 44
0: cameras know, for and these airplanes he's got a bigger <laughs> air force than the united states <laughs> he did yeah and it, was, it wasn't a talkie the original no. version was not a talkie oh silent films are out we have to redo the whole thing that's right let's just bury my company hugh tool Hughes tools yeah but in a nutshell the film for me was it showed that it seems like there's always the case where you've got someone who's got part genius and part madman and he's got some major mental flaw this happens all the time and and he had this obsessive compulsive thing going on and and he had some some uh Weird phobias where he was storing urine in a jar, yeah, constantly (laughs) storing in a room, washing his hands. He had his own soaps. Well, yeah, a lot of
1: OCDs. I mean, even Nicholson in "As Good as It Gets." Remember, he carried a new bar of soap with him. That's right. He would
0: use it once and then throw it away. I mean, these
1: are these are real, real issues that people have. Yeah, for me, the film was great just because it gave us a bit of a look at Howard Hughes, the enigmatic Howard Hughes. Right. You know, We don't really know that much about the guy. I mean, he was certainly made fun of in the 70s. Carson used to do bits about him all the time. Well, in yeah, fact, because I was I'll, at the end of his life. And I'll never forget one of the ones that he did with the Mighty Carson art players. You know how Carson would always have sort of the big busted blondes in That's these right. bits. And he was dressed with a beard, Father Time beard, down to his belt, And he was um, invited a woman over for some sort of companionship and he wouldn't touch her. So he had a hand on the end of a stick (laughs) and he was caressing her with the hand on the end of a stick and she was freaked out about it. And then Carson said, wait, you haven't seen what's on the end of my other stick.
0: Oh, man. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, you could do some lewd things like that on television uh, back then. It's like the old doorbell joke. The
1: guy with no arms, you know, how do you think I rang the doorbell? <laughs> Remember that one? Because <laughs> it leaves it up to your imagination. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't have to
0: necessarily have people pulling their tops off to shock you.
1: The, the other thing that I find interesting about Hughes is that, in a way, he was the Burt Rattan of his day. Mm-hmm. A lot of these aircraft designs he was doing were really radical for the time. You know, he had that one plane that he crashed in the Hollywood Hills, That's which right. which was supposed to be a spy plane with counter-rotating props. I mean, these were really difficult engineering feats to overcome right. in that day, but he just insisted that his engineering team do it. And yes, Hughes Aircraft never actually made any
0: money, but they had some great ideas.
1: Absolutely. He was a,
0: he was a nutcase, but he was a visionary. Yeah, and he didn't have any formal engineering training as far as I know. And, and this guy, he just basically knew that... You got to have countersunk rivets in order to be fast and sleek yeah, and he yeah. like so. that that piece of the car that you have with no countersunk rivets. Absolutely. It's they wouldn't do that today. No, today it wouldn't have rivets at all. It would be glued.
1: It would be epoxy resin and carbon fiber Fabric.
0: Yeah, and when the car crashes all these little needles go flying everywhere and and rip tires apart. Poke you in the in the skin.
2: Yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean yeah, Hughes was kind of a visionary. He had the ideas and then he kinda like said, All right, here's what I want you to do, now actually make it happen.
0: Yeah. In one hand he had all the ideas, and the other hand he had Boatloads of money from his family business.
1: He did. And, and the government. And those parts of the story are true. You yep. know, he did get a lot of money from the government for development. And that's no different than today, but nobody's screaming about it today, right? You and I pay for development of the F-22 fighter. That's right. But then co- private corporations then get to sell them and make profits on them. Oh, sure. How is that right? You and I, taxpayers, paid for the development. It seems like we should be paid back since we gave them the money to develop it, you know, for basically the company got all their R&D costs paid for free and now they get to sell the aircraft and make 100% of the profits and
0: nothing gets paid back to the taxpayers. You know, and people don't complain about that. Absolutely. I mean, that's a great idea. What they should do is kind of like if you're if you're a, I don't know, call them venture capitalists. They do call them that. Yeah. If you're a venture capitalist, if you're a guy who's going on an adventure with capital and you're you're putting money in the hands of some guy who's got some crazy idea, you're taking a chance. And you're putting money into the idea, but why are you taking the chance? Because on the back end, you're going to be making part of the profit. Exactly. Most, in fact, most venture capitalists get most of the profit. Right, yeah. And why isn't it the Speaking same way? Speaking of crooks. Speaking of crooks. Why isn't it that way with the, the United States government? We put money forth... To develop something, and then if, if well, the we com- put
1: anything that's military is being developed. The very few companies are spending their own money for R and D if it's right. a, if it's a, if it has military applications anyway.
0: Right. So the, the United States government should have some sort of contract which says anything that you develop under the guise of developing this other thing that we're paying for we take the profits of on the back end, and then we put them back into the coffers of the U.S. Uh, Mint, or whatever How you want to call it. How about
1: Social Security? Something. How about that? You know, yeah.
0: you Put it in a lockbox, even. <laughs>
1: lockbox. There you go. So anyway, yeah. I thought it was a great film. I, I, yeah. I, mean, oh, I, Great, right? Like you said, it's not a masterpiece, but it's certainly an interesting film, and it's certainly entertaining, and I thought it was good. I mean, it, it certainly deserves a thumb of some kind.
0: Yeah. If, or a if, finger if of If we're some using a, a star system or a finger system, I'll give it three out of four of my fingers.
1: Okay. I give it a... I was in a, an
0: accident. I only have four.
1: I want to talk about a film I saw at Munson very briefly. It was a film called Heading South. And it's a, what is it? It's a film. It's a 2005 film uh, from France. It's from France. 108 minutes. And it's the story of a particular woman, uh, Ellen, who's played by Charlotte Rampling, who's going to Haiti in the late 70s to kind of rekindle this sort of, Mm, Fly by night romance she had with some of the ha- one of the local Haitian teenagers, right? And really, what this story ends up being about are a lot of women <laughs> who make this trek to Haiti to kind of, you know, Haitians gone wild, kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Well, no. Well, the Haitians are just doing what they do. That's it's like all these these sort of divorced women gone wild, and <laughs> but yeah, I, I get the reference. <laughs> a lot of people who don't have American television won't <laughs> right. <but laughs> And this, it, it's in, uh, the late 70s, sort of the end of Baby Doc Duvalier, I think. And it's, the film really failed for me though, because I didn't find any of the women characters compelling. I didn't find them
0: interesting. You just thought they were horny old broads.
1: Well, they were. And the, the men were, uh, you know, they were getting jiggy with it, as they say. <laughs> the men were doing what men do. Well, and the women were doing what women do. I mean, we're all sexual beings, but yep. I I didn't find any very many redeeming qualities in any of the women. In fact, I'm going to say something that a lot of people are going to probably dislike me for, but I found the women pathetic. <laughs> What's I, wrong with I, that? Well, I mean, I don't know. It just sounds very negative and very bad. The most compelling character the You're not in the talking film, about women in
0: general. You, I mean, no, I'm
1: finding the 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 the, uh, the women in this film. Right. The I I, I just didn't find the story that interesting. It didn't compel me. The most interesting character in the film was a a man who worked at the hotel that all these women were staying at. And I don't know if I know her name. I didn't circle it in the review here. But they did a little brief thing. The film was kind of done... Uh, I mean, it wasn't a straight narrative. There were moments in the film where the camera would be on one of the women characters or one of the main characters in the film, and then they would be reading a narration, just telling some backstory about themselves. And they did that with all the women, and they also did it with this interesting character who managed the hotel that they were staying at. He had this interesting history with white people, Americans, who would come to Haiti as tourists, and he was the guy who's who I wanted them to explore. He was the most. For me, the far and away, the most interesting character in the film, and they did nothing with his character,
0: and it I just... happens a lot. I mean in a film where the the screenplay is about one character, but the performance of a specific character actor sort of takes away. You know, and runs away with it. Yeah, and but, I, but I don't even think the writers realize sometimes
1: yeah. they just they write these interesting characters, and it, they're totally not expected to be the the characters that the audience is going to fall in love with. And they are, but you know, it's it's a done deal. Right. You know, I mean, the script's already written; you're in production. What are you going to do? So anyway, I, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little lukewarm to this film. It didn't really bowl me. You're going to give it a
0: finger, but a different kind of
1: finger. Yeah, and it's it's sort of it's not down, but it's it's parallel to the ground. I don't know. It's it's. I really can't give it a, a huge recommendation. It wasn't stellar by and, any and for such the first of
0: imagination. time, ever. I'm gonna say I'm not putting this one on my queue.
1: Yeah, yeah. But the Aviator, put that on your queue if uh, <laughs> if you had not you. Not but great. for those out there, anyway, I think that's a show, man. That's a wrap. <laughs> Anyway, check us out on the web,
0: www.bloodyveg.com. And as we often do, we fail to say who we are. This is John Tellerico. You've been listening to Bloodthirsty Vegetarians with... Rich Wilgus, the guy um, stereo left. Yeah, and I'm occasionally right. (laughs) In more ways than one. And yes, send us feedback and lots of cash through feedback at bloodyveg.com. Check out our forum. We We haven't had
1: anyone post a message in a while. Uh, bloodyveg.com slash forum it's lots of fun loads of fun you're gonna love it there's even a couple of recipes in there I'm your biggest fan (laughs) you are (laughs) you're so nice I know anyway you know do all that good stuff and remember you've been listening to the VIB